Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. When we talk about the riches of the eastern lung of the church, we talk about also about the riches of the western lung of the church, because just like with man and woman, you, you can't talk about one or the other in isolation. We help define each other. We make sense only in relation to each other. And that's why we present the riches of the east and the west on this program, but of course, primarily the riches of the east. One of the riches of the east that I believe is very relevant today and very crucial today. Well, I'll put it this way. There is a hole in the soul of modern Western civilization. And I believe that the spirituality of the Eastern churches could be that round peg that would fit into the round hole in the soul of Western civilization. Now, by saying this, I'm not saying that the Eastern churches are better or superior. not saying that at all. Think of it as a specific ailment that requires a specific medicine or remedy. That's all. So I'm speaking of a specific whole, not talking about a wholesale condemnation of Western civilization. I'm talking about a specific hole in the soul of Western civilization. And let's face it, when we see the cry, we see the madness of moral relativism and disbelief and narcissism and entitlement and the discord, the division. That's what I mean. That's a hole in the soul of Western civilization. That hole needs to be healed. And I believe that the Eastern churches have the healing balm for that hole. I did not say they are there to be the cure-all for everything and everybody is the only way. I want to be very, very well understood here. But I'm speaking about a specific remedy for a specific malady. And what I mean by that is that healing, when we come to the woundedness, when you have a hole in your soul, it's like a wound, okay? So the woundedness is something that requires a particular remedy. And that remedy, I'm going to say, is a holistic approach, an integrated approach. 
which starts from certain fundamental realities or principles. First of all, in our problems we have, and I'm going to use the term, I'm going to hyphenate it, psycho-spiritual, psycho-spiritual problems. Our tendency, of course, is to seek a counselor, a psychiatrist, and so on. And that's good, of course, you know, healing professions. But oftentimes, it doesn't work. We seek other things. We need something else. And here's why it doesn't work. Because the only healer is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only divine healer. He's the divine physician. And we sometimes make, a, make false dichotomies between the spiritual and the secular world, what we call the spiritual and the real world and so on. We forget that we are ultimately beings who are spiritual and physical. We are heavenly and earthly all at the same time. We are made of body, soul, and spirit. And that's particularly an Eastern definition. It's three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Not just body and soul, body, soul, and spirit. We are psychosomatic beings, an integration of body, soul, and spirit. And so when it comes to healing us in, in psychological ways, psychospiritual ways, and I always use those two together, it requires an integrated approach. It requires a basic, fundamental, correct vision. It requires dealing with a person on all levels of their being, not just on one level. You just don't deal with their psyche. You just don't deal with their soul. You don't just deal with their body. You deal with the whole person. In fact, there's even some psychotherapies, one of which is called sensorial motor, sensory motor psychotherapy, which deals with the body as a means of overcoming post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, that's right. It uses the body. So the helping professions kind of understand some of this, but they can't do it completely because they're also not based in spirituality. See, the foundation is spiritual. Every problem we have is ultimately spiritual. That's where all problems came from. See, it works like this. There is a blueprint. God has a blueprint of how the creator is supposed to work by his intention, his benevolence, his divine design, his wisdom. We can call this the natural order or natural law. When the created order functions according to that blueprint, things go well. There's harmony. That's how it was at the beginning, the very beginning, with Adam and Eve, even before them. Everything was in harmony. Now, when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened was there was a rupture in that harmony on every level. A rupture between God and human beings, Adam and Eve. A rupture between the two of them, between Adam and Eve themselves. A rupture between them and the environment. So the whole thing got fragmented. It's like two gears don't quite line up. You know, they line up partially, but they strip. They make that horrible sound and they, they grate on each other. Well, this is how God's order and what became of that order, the fallen part of it, that's how the two of them sort of grinded against each other. They didn't line up after original sin. So there was a fundamentally flawed vision or approach to life that started with Adam and Eve after they sinned. And we have inherited that. We've fouled in that suit. Well, Jesus Christ comes into that reality to redeem that vision, to correct it, to give us the, the, the right vision, to show us what was originally intended by God and ultimately what will be intended, what awaits us in our destiny. Jesus Christ incarnated that. He lived that. He showed that to us. And he calls us to immerse ourselves in that. 
So healing starts with the right spiritual vision because all of our problems, psycho-spiritual problems, are rooted in what was a spiritual problem at the beginning, sin. Everything comes from sin. So therefore, the healing must ultimately be spiritual. Even if there are psychosomatic factors, even chemical imbalances in the brain, all that stuff, yes, yes, we acknowledge that, but we can't do it in a compartmentalized way. You have to do it by looking at the whole person, and the whole person is ultimately spiritual. Byzantine spirituality emphasizes the starting point for the human person is that we are made in the image and likeness of God, and that we are in a constant process of our own becoming, which we call theosis. Now, that's important because a lot of times when people go to counselors, psychologists, psychologists, they can help, but not always, but sometimes they find that it doesn't help that much, even after long times of therapy and lots of money. Because sometimes, without that spiritual basis, sometimes what happens in what passes for counseling is something like a rat in a maze. The rat is simply being helped to be more comfortable in the maze. But see, real healing seeks to take the rat out of the maze so it can run free. So a lot of counseling ends up simply just helping the rat to be more adaptable to the maze. Real healing seeks to take us out of the maze. That's what we call theosis. In other words, our ongoing growth into our true self, the image and likeness of God. Father Robert Taft, a blessed memory and great Jesuit scholar, Byzantine scholar, said, we are imperfect similitudes of God. Now, we're made the image and likeness of God, but we're like imperfect versions of that. So we are psychosomatically sick because of sin. And the Byzantine approach to healing is integrated. It always involves forgiveness of sins and physical, mental healing, not just one or the other. In fact, those are the prayers for the anointing of the sick. They always talk about forgiveness of sins and healing of body and soul. Psychology and psychotherapy uses categories and diagnosis, which are helpful, yet they have an inherent limitation. The human person by nature, as Eastern spirituality reminds us, is open to the transcendent and cannot be totally understood or approached solely through categories and diagnosis. This is why the Byzantine priest can actually be more helpful. The Byzantine pastor can be more helpful than they often realize they can be, or even that the people often realize they can be. It can be very effective, actually, in the healing process of a person. My suggestion is that you have a problem, that you go first to your priest, your pastor, and he, my suggestion to him, is that he never reject you. He never say, well, I don't do that kind of thing, go see a counselor. I often remind priests, especially Byzantine pastors, don't do that. Receive your people and realize that you have a lot more to stand on by virtue of your Eastern spirituality towards the healing of that person. Now, we're not saying pretend you're something you're not. Unless you are trained and certified and have a degree in psychotherapy, you're not that. You're not expected to be that. But there is something you can offer, something very valuable. First and foremost, it's that fundamental approach of this person as a person, made an image like this of God, open to transcendence and to hope and to God's grace. We come back, we're going to talk more about psycho-spiritual healing as seen through the spirituality of the Eastern Lung of the Church. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air 
you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you Hi, I'm Bishop Earl Boyer for WJKNAM and W227BYFM, Good Shepherd Catholic Radio in Jackson, Michigan, and you're listening to Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Sawyer, your host, talking about the value of Eastern spirituality towards psycho-spiritual healing. And I said before the break, I always use those terms together because when you talk about the human person, especially talk about healing and health, you've got to talk about them as an integrated whole, physical, the spiritual, the psychological. We are made of body, soul, and spirit. So we have to work with people always on that level. Now, Byzantine spirituality is an antidote for a lot of the psychopathology and neurosis of our time. Yeah, it actually is, because it supplies what is missing in our modern Western civilization, which, as I mentioned, has a hole in its soul. One of those things is the mystical. Mystical means what is most real. The mystical stands upon two pillars, or I'm going to call it life rhythms, that provide a healthy, holistic, integrated vision of life. Those two pillars, very much foundational for Eastern spirituality, is a sacramental liturgical worldview and monasticism. That's right, monasticism. Now, these things exist in the Western spirituality as well. It's just that in a particular way, they exist in the East, and that's the round peg I'm offering for the round hole in the solar Western civilization. You see, actually... After the Greek mythologists, the first psychologists, actually, were the Eastern Desert Fathers, the monks of the Egyptian desert, and the mystics of the Eastern churches. These, quote-unquote, psychologists had penetrating insights into the fallen thoughts and passions. They called them logismoi, it's a Greek word, and into the subconscious. Actually, the psychoanalytic approach of Freud was really based upon some of the insights of the Desert Fathers, but he did it in a negative way and in principally or ultimately a sexualized way, but without the spiritual underpinnings, without the belief in God. You know, Freud was basically an atheist. 
I mean, he certainly made his contribution, but it was very limited because it did not deal with the whole person and did not start off with the foundation of the person as in the image and likeness of God. It started out with that person being basically driven by certain drives, basically sexual drives. The Eastern spirituality would say, yeah, we are driven by a fundamental drive that we might call sexuality, but it's really a drive for intimacy with God. Freud didn't understand the why behind those drives. Eastern spirituality does. The why behind it is the fact that God is relational, intimate in himself, and he made us like himself. He made us in his own image and likeness. Therefore, we are going to have these deep desires for intimacy, for relationship, for love and life, for generativity. It's not just impulses in and of themselves. It's not just drives in and of themselves. There's a why behind it. To know that why behind it is very therapeutic. Now, a little bit of the history of how we became these compartmentalized, fragmented people. As I mentioned, there was a basic blueprint for life. I'm going to call it the sacramental worldview. In other words, seeing everything in light of God. This is what Adam and Eve did. They had that view at the beginning, but they lost it through sin. And so the false view of things began right at the beginning with original sin. And then it became reflected in different philosophies or worldviews throughout history, especially in things like heresies, the great heresies of the church, Arianism, Manichaeanism, Gnosticism, Nestorianism. These isms, every time you have an ism, it's usually something bad. These things are actually based on an erroneous view, an anti-incarnational view, an anti-sacramental view. It separated out God from his own creation, and therefore it saw God himself in an erroneous way. It did not see the incarnation as complete. And a lot of this revolved around how they would understand Jesus Christ. They would understand Jesus Christ either as just a man, not really God, or vice versa. Neither one was right. It was God. In other words, the heavenly reality of God who incarnated himself entirely into the earth reality of the created world. And that is a very important fundamental beginning place. But heresies and philosophies throughout time challenge that. We have also philosophies, ideologies like fascism, communism, socialism. Again, more isms. They're ideologies. They're ways of thinking which are not reality. The, the reality is God's plan. These ideologies go against that. They go out on their own and think they can supplant God's plan. And this creates neurosis. Now, a particular spike in this worldview occurred in the 16th century with the advent of science. As we know it, science is good, of course. But there developed a scientific rationalist worldview during this time. Because for the first time, when we came into science as we now know it today, again in the 16th century, for the first time, human beings could do something to nature they couldn't do before. They could, in essence, study it, dominate it, manipulate it. So now the created order began to lose a lot of its sort of mystical or spiritual dimension. It began to be seen as something that can and should be manipulated. And a dichotomy then grew out of that. A dichotomy of enshrining the spiritual, intellectual, you know, the more ethereal or invisible, with the physical. 
the physical of being now lesser, something like spirit good, matter bad, or lesser, soul good, body bad. And you can see where that could lead. It was an anti-incarnational worldview, and it could lead then to our thinking we can do whatever we want to the body. And you can see the implications for that in terms of moral behavior. We could act however we want with our body because our body's just about impulses. It doesn't have any kind of spiritual value to it. It got devalued by this dichotomy. The other spikes in history that contributed towards this declining, erroneous worldview were the Industrial Revolution. The Industrial Revolution was not bad in itself, just like science is not bad in itself. But again, a way of looking at people, at life, grew out of this that was not good. Industrial Revolution began to basically separate families and see human beings in a more mechanistic way as means to an end. This lays, once again, the groundwork or the recipe for neurosis. And then, more recently, they shift to a contraceptive worldview. Now, that, again, is a worldview that separates out any kind of spiritual dimension or value to the physical. The church's teaching against contraception is based precisely on the fact that we see the spiritual dimension, the invisible revealed in the physical, in the physicality of the marital act, something is being spoken that speaks to spiritual reality. So you see, we always speak in terms of the marriage between the spiritual and the physical. When you separate that out, then you start to have neurosis and psychotic things. It's just disease. It's dis-ease. It's sickness, whether of mind or body or soul. And it comes from Sin. Sin brings in with it death and all things related to death, such as sickness. The Eastern spiritual masters would refer to sin as sickness that had to be healed. Now, as I mentioned before, these ideologies that separated out the spiritual from the physical were in contrast to reality. And anytime you have something that's not reality, you set yourselves up for chaos, for sickness, for fragmentation. And in fact, in our culture, and this is one of the characteristics of the whole that I talk about in the soul of Western civilization, we function on a very bipolar level. Last time I looked, bipolar was a mental disorder. We have Democrat versus Republicans, liberal versus conservative, man versus woman, winners versus losers. And where we are here at the Light of the East Studios in Chicago, the worst bipolar dichotomy of all, the most impenetrable one of all. Are you a Chicago White Sox baseball fan or Chicago Cubs baseball fan? What a dichotomy that is. Well, when you have dichotomy, when you have bipolarism, you have division and again you have neurosis. Particular genius of Byzantine spirituality is the opposite. It's living in the both and, in the confluence of complementary realities. This is also called mystery. For example, simple thing like the icon screen. That that screen, that wall that separates the sanctuary from the nave, it has three doors on it and it's covered with icons, very ornate. That icon screen conceals and reveals. It blocks your way to the sanctuary. You can't always see in there and you shouldn't because that what's beyond there represents heaven. And we're not in heaven yet, we're still en route. 
So we have a little bit of that reality, that tease, if you want to call it that, that it's there, but it remains beyond us. Yet at the same time, through the incarnation, heaven has come down to us. So on the icon screen that blocks your way, your view into the sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, there are icons, and the icons are done in such a way as to look at us frontally as though they're coming from heaven towards us. So now we have a reality of both and, something revealed, something concealed. And the liturgy, in a sense, revolves around that icon screen. There are times when the priest comes out from it, most of the time he's behind it. There's a certain rhythm to that, a purposeful rhythm. There's times when the heavenly reality from the altar comes outward to the earthly reality, and the two are united as one. That's what happens in liturgy. There are many, many ways in which the Eastern spirituality, with its integration, its living in the both and, its mysticism, actually provides a healing balm, the round peg that can fit into the round hole in the soul of Western civilization. And in some succeeding programs, we'll be talking more about that. And again, it's not about making one church superior to the other. It's simply looking at a particular malady and recognizing a particular remedy for that malady. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. More to Life is about living the Catholic difference in our marriages, our families, the way we approach life in general. It's about celebrating life and our Catholic faith and discovering all the ways God wants to bless us and help us be a blessing to others. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!